how to make over a hundred K in a year. It's probably been since the dawn of time. People have been asking this question. How do I get my salary to over a hundred K? And a lot of people, whether, you know, you're in school right now, whether you started your job or maybe you're midway through your career, it might be on your mind that, you know, what would be nice making more money. And a lot of people figured out a great way to do this is to work more than one job, but not everybody wants to give up that time or a lot of times those two dead end jobs, although they get you to a place of maybe 80K, 90K, 110K, 120K, it's kind of hard to get raises above that level. So what is one to do when trying to make over 100K? At their career, of course. Now, I know this is an investing channel, and of course, if you're an avid investor, it's a great way to make over 100K through investing. But I want to focus this podcast on specifically how to do it in your singular career. One of the things, me, you know, being in my early 20s, I realized is that as I got my first, not even my first big raise, but my first raise, I really felt like, oh, this is a raise. It completely changed my lifestyle. All of a sudden, I was now able to buy a house comfortably. I was now able to justify all the times I want to eat out instead of cooking at home. I was now able to feel finally comfortable with where I was at financially in a big city. And of course, that amount is different for other people. But when you get that race and feel what true disposable income feels like, it's something, something different. So Flight Crew, how do we do that for you? Now, a lot of you people may be young professionals, whether you've gone into school, you've got a degree, or maybe you have an adjacent degree. You know, you're not necessarily finance, but you're math. And that's a great um, subject. Everyone knows that you're super smart. You may not have your, uh, let's see, computer programming degree, but maybe you got a history degree and they're like, you know what? This guy's good at reading. I don't know. That was a stretch, but history people are good at reading. They're good at figuring things out. So you want to know what is the best way to really strategize your career. Maybe you thought about getting an MBA, CFA, CPA, or a master's of some sort of specialty. Well, I'm going to go through those and really get my thoughts on them. So me being in my career right now, one of the things that I have the options of doing is getting an MBA. However, the more I look into the MBA, the more I look at it in the workplace, the more I'm kind of steering away from it, at least staying away from it. As of now, the reason is very simple. First of first reason is MBAs are extremely expensive. I'm talking about for two years, they might be 40 to 80K in some places. Absolutely astronomically expensive. And the skills that you are learning in an MBA, is it really what in workplace needs, values, wants? Like, sure, they teach you, in quotation marks, managerial experience, but guess who they really want for those positions? Someone who's a manager. I think MBA's biggest value add is the network of people that it brings you to. But if you've already went to a decent university, you have a very expansive alumni network that you can take advantage of over LinkedIn. And with the age of LinkedIn, it's much easier to reach out to someone within your network than it was maybe 20, 30 years ago. Similar school of thought is why master's doesn't 
really seem like it suits me. Masters is great for those people who've taken a four-year degree, maybe like a sociology, psychology, but now they want to actually specialize something that's really wanted and desired in the workspace. Something that employers are really, really looking for. Not that sociology and psychology, psychology can't you get, get you great jobs, but at the entry level, a lot of people are looking for more business, finance, accounting, even marketing. You know, if you're going the engineering route, a lot of people are looking at those degrees. There's a lot of other degrees that are very practical that employers are looking for. So psychology and sociology, philosophy type people, all those humanity courses, they might get overlooked. But masters has been that avenue for them to go and switch their career path and tell their future employer that, hey, this is a great area. So, hey, if that's still you and you're someone who wants to switch your career, masters might be a great avenue. A lot of them are one year programs, relatively still kind of on the pricey side, maybe 20K per that year. But it is a good switch. Now, when it comes to if you're deciding between a CPA and a CFA, which I know a lot of the finance oriented people are thinking about, let me tell you why I went to the CFA route instead of the CPA route. So the first thing I noticed when I was looking at the CPA is the pro side is a lot of people were really looking at this degree. Like if you go and look at a lot of accounting, accounting type jobs and accounting type roles, the CPA is highly valued. There's a lot of them employed and a lot of entry levels have CPAs working there. As I started looking further, CPAs look really great if you're trying to get some board experience. If you're ever trying to work on a board of directors on a part-time basis, CPAs and people who have that audit type of experience really are valued in that type of sector. The downsides of CPA is, if you ever notice this, getting an accounting degree is almost never enough anymore. If you're trying to become a serious accountant, if you're trying to become like a controller in some sort of business, any place that relies on an accounting degree, they almost look at you weird if you don't have your CPA. And because of that attitude in the marketplace, turning CPA from an additional designation to almost mandatory at this point, if you're trying to make anywhere close to 100K, it's started to devalue the CPA a lot. There's a lot of accounting positions that barely even require an accounting degree that are now requiring a CPA degree. And in my mind, what happens when you start to over hire overqualified people in those positions is the skills that you're learning in the CPA don't necessarily directly translate to your job. Obviously, they help. They're really great. And you can really read a balance sheet, a financial statement, a profit and loss statement. You can read a cash flow statement, all these stuff really, really well. But if there's so much CPAs and you're just another one in that spec, it's hard to really demand 100K if the skills you're providing the company aren't really helping them progress, aren't really helping them evolve and basically become more efficient. A CFA, the reason I chose that road is it's way cheaper than CPA. There's You don't need any prerequisites to take it. Um, when you look at the CFA, anyone can join it, anyone can get in. It's only like, what is it, like 7000 or maybe it's 3000 I don't actually even remember how much it costs. Maybe it's only, no, it's $1,000, I think. 
I think it's a thousand dollars. I could be wrong, but I believe it is a thousand dollars to take a CPA, CFA. There's three different levels, and technically, you could you could get all your designation in three years if you wanted. I think that when people who have passed the CFA see another person who's doing the CFA, there is an immediate respect where that is not there for the CPA. When another CPA meets another CPA, it's just like, oh yeah, you did it too, nice. But CFAs, there's way less, and CFA is notorious for how hard it is. Every level of the CFA has a 40% pass rate. What does that mean? 40% of the people who pass the first level, oh, sorry, 40% of the test takers that pass the first level, so the 40% that passed, do the second level, and only 40% of those people pass that level. That's how hard it is every single level. It takes around 500 hours of studying if you really want to master it and know everything about it. 500 hours on average is how much it takes. And you are a certified expert by the time you're done. It is notoriously difficult, notoriously hard, and it's literally a part-time job if you're trying to get this degree. However, you come out very respected, very well known, very like if anyone that has a CFA, they're like, okay, this guy's a smart dude. The problem with the CFA, again, those super long hours, you could learn a lot and be doing a lot with that time you're spending to study for it. And if you're not going into capital markets, if you're someone who's not trying to sit on equity, if you're someone that's not trying to break into investment banking, or you're just not trying to do any sort of risk management type role, any role that directly benefits from having CFA knowledge, it's not going to really help you. And all those capital market jobs, there's less and less of those jobs. They're so competitive to get into. And if that means if they're competitive to get into, just imagine trying to truly move up in that world. It's much harder. There's much less leverage as an employee because there's less jobs. So you, it's very easy to get yourself into one of these jobs and have like a way harder work-life balance because the company has all the leverage. There's not that much jobs available popping up. So it's much harder to get them. So with me doodling on all these avenues, you're probably asking yourself, okay, you've basically talked bad about everything here. Nothing seems clear. What is the best way to make 100K, especially to y'all under 30, under 40, really trying to get there? It's easy. You go the programming route. Everyone who works corporate finance, really think to yourself, what skills really help employers the most? I'm going to let you know. Advanced Excel advanced VBA. When you come in a workplace and you know how to do things on Excel like index match, VLOOKUPs, run pivot tables, run pivot charts, run slicers, when you're able to build a dashboard in Excel, when you're able to automate everything in Excel through VBAs, those skills outshine how well you're able to balance a balance sheet tenfold. Because there's a lot of monthly tasks that you do that can be automated and done quicker instantly if you have a good Excel or VBA skills. Me having around five years of experience in working, what I'm noticing now is the evolution of that and what's happening in a lot of workplaces. The next level of automation past Excel is 
SQL when it comes to working with large databases is working with online type of, I'll say online type of Excel platforms to describe them, but online sort of data manipulators like Tableau, where you're able to visualize the data and do things with the data online. So Tableau or whether you're using like Power Queries in Excel or working with different databases like Cognos or MicroStrategy. Another big thing that I'm seeing is Python is getting more and more accepted into these data, these uh, workplaces, because people with Python skills are able to look at multiple Excel files at a long time, able to automate a lot of stuff. And the more programming knowledge that you have that can practically apply to a role, workplaces are starting to pay over 100K for these. Easy, easy. And you want to know why? Because it's practical. A lot of times I find the main reason that really compels me to get an MBA or finish my CFA level three or get a master's or a doctorate is ego. It's not necessarily the practicality of the skills that I'll learn. It's the ego that it gives me. I feel more accomplished. I have these letters to my name. People will think more of me. I'll be more able to get that promotion because I have an MBA and he doesn't. But when it comes to the actual practicality of the skills you're learning, I mean, a business case on how to strategize um, the direction of what the, where the company's going in your MBA, that business case, while it's good in theory, in the real world, they're teaching you very C-suite level sort of, in quotation marks, skills that are too generalized to actually apply to a specific company. Even if it's a business case that looks very specialized, a C-suite executive is using consultants, they're using the actual expertise they have in that literal company. There's a lot more things that go into that business case and it gives you a good framework to think about it, but you're not going to learn in a year of an MBA what someone 10 years in that company or industry knows. Whereas programming, there's not a lot of people that know it, it directly helps all the entry-level jobs. And as you become a senior manager and director and learn these programming skills to automate things underneath you, you can have these educated, intelligent discussions with your team on how to best strategize actual becoming more efficient and therefore you're able to take on better and higher projects. You can look at Amazon, Shopify jobs, all these tech companies want finance people with these data skills. And if you're wondering what these type of positions are paying, 110, 120, 130 at all these big firms, a lot of people who are CPAs, who are financial analysts, are struggling to cross that 100K mark before they're 30. But I think learning programming, rather than just trying to go the MBA route and then play the networking game, which of course you can play the networking game without getting the MBA, I think learning programming is the guaranteed way to make 100k if you're trying to do that before 30 while you're in school and if you're trying to make 150 to 250k it puts you on the road to do it now you're like okay stewie you sold me i want to learn programming how do i do it this is the cheat code you get a library card and a lot of these library cards have sites like linkedin learning that teaches you Python, that teaches you advanced Excel, advanced VBA, that teaches you Tableau in a course for free. And even better, you can put it on your LinkedIn. 
They have a button that lets you put it on LinkedIn so they know exactly what you've been learning. I know you guys subscribed. You got the good stuff. I'm teaching you the skills. Let me tell you this. Go on the job sites right now. Look at what they're asking for. Some of them might be asking for, um, you know, skills with Cognos or Tableau. Some of them are like, if you know Python or R, we want it. Some of them are just want to know if you know SQL skills. And it's getting more and more common to, even if you're just applying to a finance job, a lot of these places want to know, have those skills as nice to know skills as well on their job applications. So let me know if this kind of makes sense or if you're seeing this trend too. Of course, it's at Flystory on Twitter. And as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. Let me know your 100K plan. Do you have a plan to make 100K within your career? Or are you someone who's more entrepreneurial, kind of wants to make money, but at the same time, you're trying to build up your outside business big enough to get out of your workplace let me know what your plan for conquering the corporate ladder is at at on Twitter. And we, Flight Crew, have to take off. Yeah.